KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for a cover to cover. Welcome to Cover to Cover. I'm your host, Nina Serrano. This past May 2002, poets around the world held readings in homage to Salvadoran poet Roque Dalton, born in 1935 and killed 40 years later in 1975 as a Salvadoran guerrilla fighter. His journalist son, Juan Jose Dalton, recently wrote the following excerpt about his father's death. Quote, My father's murderers, that is to say the then command of the ERP, the People's Revolutionary Army, headed by Edgar Alejandro Rivas Mira and Joaquin Villalobos, ordered the assassination of my father the 10th of May of 1975 but they didn't allow it to be known until almost the end of that same month in a small communique revealed at the University of El Salvador. Someone told me afterwards that they did not have the courage to give notice, much less justify the crime, until they had the great idea of saying that my father was a CIA agent. The criminals never wanted to surrender the corpse, and according to one version, his remains were abandoned in a place known as El Playón, the same place used by the death squads of the ultra-right to throw their victims. This May, like in all the Mays since 1975 in San Salvador and in various parts of the world, commemorated the assassination of the great intellectual revolutionary that Roque Dalton was. His life was hazardous. Hate, envy, jail, exile victimized him, but his work is a monument to his intelligence. His death left us a wound that doesn't close, but we live proud of our father, whom this society, Salvadoran, and the world have begun to recognize and appreciate as an incomparable talent and as a fundamental pillar of Latin American culture. In contrast, his surviving murderers, Riva Mora, Villalobos, y Jorge Melendez, may live in London or in Oxford or in San Salvador or in any part of the world, but time and time again history places the miserable assassins of Roque Dalton for what they were, as unpunished killers. End quote. From Juan Jose Dalton's son of the poet Roque Dalton, published in La Opinión, a Salvadoran newspaper. Unfortunately, the Nation magazine chose to publish an article by one of Roque's murderers, Joaquin Villalobos, 
identifying him only as a former Salvadoran guerrilla leader, but not as Roque Dalton's killer and betrayer. Many of us who honor Roque Dalton's memory and literary legacy have written to The Nation magazine in protest that Joaquin Villalobos should not be welcomed with editorial space in a liberal magazine. Today's program presents Roque Dalton's poetry in Spanish and English, and I am accompanied in this presentation today with readers Julia Landau and Rafael Jesus Gonzalez. Just to give you a taste and actuality of Roque Dalton's voice, we're going to give you a snippet which as yet we haven't translated and will it in a later program give you the full Roque Dalton. But here is a recording made in Havana of Roque Dalton. Historia de un amor. Documentos. Los orígenes. Nos conocimos en San Jacobo una tarde de octubre. Un organista inglés, Simon Preston, para ser exactos, terminaba de tocar una obertura para coral de Bach, con Heiliger Geist. La muchacha estaba junto delante de mí. Era alta y rubia, de carnes duras. Combinación de una de las tantas olas sordas que se producían en aquel apretujamiento humano, mis labios vinieron a chocar brutalmente contra su nuca desnuda usaba aquel día ese peinado alto que no le queda de lo mejor volvió el rostro mostrándome la mayor cantidad de furia that was a recording of Salvadoran poet in Havana sometime in the early 70s well Rocky Dalton's poetry was written in exile in jail on the battlefield and it was written under great duress, but it has had a great role in international poetry. You can say that they murdered the poet, but not the poems. To begin this exploration of Roque Dalton's poetry, we will play a recording, a pre-recording at the San Francisco Library by San Francisco Poet Laureate Jack Hirschman reading his own translation of Roque Dalton's poem, Acto. The third book we published, Roque Dalton's Poemas Clandestinos, Clandestine Poems, I had actually translated three years before the brigade was formed. But we collectivized its presentation. Barbara Paschke thoroughly edited my versions, and our querida compañera Margaret Randall wrote the introduction. That book contains what I believe to be one of the most stirring and relevant poems written in the Americas since the end of World War II. We've had a technical problem where well, you just heard Jack Hirschman. Wow, we've had another technical problem. So you've heard an introduction to Jack Hirschman about to read the poem Acto. And maybe as we go along, I'll be able to read you uh, his 
his poem of it. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think anybody can read that poem in English as well as Hirschman himself. But to get a sense of his poetry, uh, we're going to begin with a short poem by Rafael. Rafael, welcome. Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, scholar, activist, poet, and translator. Welcome. Muchas gracias, Nina. I know that you have spent the night translating some poems for this program, and we so much appreciate it. Well, I very much enjoyed it, indeed. Uh, so I will share with you his uh, Alta Hora de la Noche, and first in the original Spanish, and then my translation of it. Alta Hora de la Noche. Cuando sepas que muerto, no pronuncies mi nombre, porque se detendría la muerte y el reposo. Tu voz, que es la campana de los cinco sentidos, sería el tenue faro buscando por mi niebla. Cuando sepas que muerto, de sílabas extrañas, pronuncia flor, abeja, lágrima, pan, tormenta. No dejes que tus labios hallen mis once letras. Tengo sueño, he amado, he ganado el silencio. No pronuncies mi nombre cuando sepas que he muerto. Desde la oscura tierra vendría por tu voz. No pronuncies mi nombre, no pronuncies mi nombre. Cuando sepas que he muerto, no pronuncies mi nombre. Down the high hour of the night. When you know that I have died, do not say my name, because it will detain death and repose. Your voice, that is the bell of my five senses, would be the tenuous lighthouse searched for through my fog. When you know that I have died, say strange syllables, say flower, Bee, tear, bread, storm. Do not let your lips find my eleven letters. I am sleepy. I have loved. I have earned silence. Do not say my name when you know that I have died. From the dark earth I would come for your voice. Do not say my name. Do not say my name. When you know that I have died, do not say my name. Oh. Thank you. You just heard poet Rafael Jesus Gonzalez reading his translation and the original of Roque Dalton's poem. That was an amazing poem. And you could imagine uh, when we got the news that he had been murdered, uh, what the effect of reading that poem was. Yes, indeed. Uh, he was a man who, uh, who wrote much about death, actually. Uh, and he died so young. And he died so young. Uh, but it's very interesting because he was such a life-affirming poet that even in his uh, treatment of the theme of death, uh, there is always that uh, vindication of life. Uh, the other one, another one I will share with you is entitled El Vanidoso, The Vain Man, 
where it treats somehow the same theme in a little in a different way. Yo sería un gran muerto. Mis vicios entonces lucirían como joyas antiguas, con esos deliciosos colores del veneno. Habría flores de todos los aromas en mi tumba. Imitarían los adolescentes mis gestos de júbilo, mis ocultas palabras de congoja. Tal vez alguien diría que fui leal y fui bueno, pero solamente tú recordarías mi manera de mirar a los ojos. The vain man. I would be a great dead man. My vices then would shine like antique are asking for the public's help in finding a missing child who was in a car that was stolen in downtown San Rafael. The car is a 2004 black GMC Yukon with license plate number 5FZU506. It has several yachting stickers on the back window. The boy is a five-year-old white male with red hair and freckles Anyone who sees this car is urged to call 911. Repeating, police are asking for the public's help in finding a missing child who was in a car that was stolen in downtown San Rafael. The car is a 2004 black GMC Yukon with license plate number 5FZU506. It has several yachting stickers on the back window. The boy is a five-year-old white male with red hair and freckles. Anyone who sees this car is urged to call 911. This concludes the activation of the emergency alert system. I'll never turn my back on a Costa Rican soccer player again. Father Aquerando nearly died of fright, because when it was over, there was more blood than on an Aztec altar. Later, Quique Soler hit me right in the eye. He threw this rock with the most perfect aim you can imagine. Of course, we were only trying to imitate the taking of Okinawa, but it shattered my retina. I had to spend one month lying absolutely still at 11 years old. I went to Dr. Quevedo in Guatemala and also saw Dr. Bickford, who was wearing a red wig. That's why I sometimes squint. And coming out of a movie, I look like a drug addict waiting for a fix. The other reason is that I was hit by the bottle of rum Maria Elena's husband threw at me. Really, I wasn't trying to get fresh, but every husband is a trip. And if we take into account his thinking that I was an Argentine diplomat, we'd have to thank God. And, and another time was in Prague and was never solved. Four punks jumped me in a dark alley, two blocks from the Ministry of Defense and four from police headquarters. It was the night before the party congress started, so someone said it was a protest against the convention in the hospital. I met two other delegates who'd gotten out of their respective assaults with more bones than ever. Someone said that the CIA wanted to make me pay for my jailbreak. 
Others said it was really a show of anti-Latin American racism. And a few more that it was simply the universal desire to steal Comrade Sobolov uh, dropped by to ask me if it wasn't because I touched the bottom of a woman working, uh, walking with someone else. And then he went off to the interior ministry to protest on behalf of the Soviets. In the end, nothing turned up. And giving thanks to God once again, I kept on as plaintiff right up to the end in a criminal investigation in Kafka's homeland. In any case, and that's why I keep going on about it now, I ended up with my interior maxillar smashed to bits. A severe cerebral concussion, a month and a half in the hospital, and another two months washing down my meals. Even the beefsteak was puree. The last time I was in Cuba, I was coming down a hillside in the rain with an M-52 in my hands. All of a sudden, a bull comes charging out of nowhere. My legs got tangled up in the underbrush, and I started to fall. The bull went right by me, but as he was a big, lazy brute, he didn't bother to come back to finish me off. It wasn't necessary in any case, because, as I've been telling you, I fell on top of the rifle, and it didn't know any better than to bounce back like a revolution in Africa. It broke my zygomatic arch into three pieces, very important for the aesthetic resolution of the cheeks. That explains at least part of my problem. So that was no, I wasn't so always this ugly by Roque Dalton. And um, I just wanted to uh, mention that what makes this poem maybe make more sense if, is if you understand that he was a political prisoner five times in El Salvador and always managed to escape once, that's the jailbreak he's referring to, once even because there was an earthquake and the walls of the prison fell down so he walked out onto an ongoing bus his comrades smuggled him out of the country and he got to live in Cuba, Czechoslovakia Mexico, Guatemala, and many other places. But one interesting footnote is when, uh, when he came out of the jail with a tumble-down wall, uh, the way he got away was he joined a procession that was going by, and he hid among uh, among the people in this religious procession to contact his friends. Yes, so he had a, a, a lot of wit, a lot of wit, and he thought on his feet. I have in the studio another reader, Julia Landau. Julia, could you share that short poem uh, called Arte Poetica that he wrote in 1974? It's very short about the nature of his poetry. Poetry. Pardon me for having helped you to understand that you are not made of words alone. Oh, read it again. It's so short but so sweet. Poetry, pardon me for having helped you to understand that you are not made of words alone. And that's something that he really uh, lived out. You have another poem that I think you could read to us? Sure. This one is called For a Better Love. And and the dedication on that? Um, there's a quote by Kate Millett. Millett. I think sex is a political category. That's interesting because I think she's an American feminist that was writing a lot in the 70s. Right. For a better love. 
Everyone agrees that sex is a category in the world of lovers, hence tenderness and its wild branches. Everyone agrees that sex is a category within the family, hence children, nights together and days apart, he looking for bread in the street or in offices or factories, she in the rear guard of household work, in the strategy and tactics of the kitchen, allowing them to survive in the common battle, at least until the end of the month. Everyone agrees that sex is an economic category. It's enough to mention prostitution, fashion, sections of the newspaper for her only, or only for him. Where the trouble begins is the moment a woman says sex is a political category. Because when a woman says sex is a political category, she can cease being a woman in itself and begin being a woman for herself, constituting the woman in woman starting from her humanity and not from her sex, conscious that magical lemon-scented deodorant and soap that voluptuously caresses her skin are made by the same corporation that makes napalm, conscious that the tasks belonging to the home are tasks belonging to the social class to which that home belongs, that the difference between the sexes shines much brighter in the deep loving night when all those secrets that kept us masked and strangers become known. That was Roque Dalton's poem, For a Better Love. Thank you, Julia. My pleasure. You were born. Uh, you were born after Rocky Dalton died. I wonder what. How does your generation respond to this? Um, to to re respond to his poetry, that poem that you just read. Well, I think that um, the way that feminism took place before us is often taken for granted. We don't much. We already knew that sex had become a political category in previous generations. So it didn't seem as radical to think of it that way. Um, but when you read it again, you start to think of all of the same things that are still in place and that are still worthy of, of talking about and, and especially of writing about in words that sort of go beyond the, the usual uh, expressions. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So his work speaks to other generations. Yes, it's 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 always it's always nice to have um to have a man um speak out and say uh, and write a feminist poem like this because there are a lot of male feminists too and uh, it, it it really helps with that kind of understanding. It feels good, doesn't it, yeah. to have that kind of support. Yes. <laughs> so Rafael, you had some other poems. Yes, I'd like to share with you El Descanso del Guerrero. And then you'll be reading it in English, your own yes, translation. Yes, of course, yes. Uh, it's the rest of the warrior. You know, Roque was himself a warrior throughout his life and died as a warrior. Los muertos están cada día más indóciles. Antes era fácil con ellos. Les dábamos un cuello duro, una flor... Loábamos sus nombres en una larga lista, que los recintos de la patria, que las sombras notables, que el mármol monstruoso. Él firmaba en pos de la memoria 
Iba de nuevo a las filas y marchaba al compás de nuestra vieja música. Pero qué va, los muertos son otros desde entonces. Hoy se ponen irónicos, preguntan. Me parece que caen en la cuenta de ser cada vez más la mayoría. A rather ironic little poem about, uh, about the death of a warrior. Uh, and the past warriors that were made heroes and the many warriors, uh, his compatriots that died in the revolution. The rest of the warrior. The dead are every day more restless. Before it was easy with them. We gave a hard neck a flower. We praised their names in a long list. The precincts of the country, the notable shadows, the monstrous marble. He signed up in pursuit of remembrance, went anew to the files, and marched to the beat of our old music. But really, the dead are different since then. Today they become ironic, they ask. It seems to me they realize that they are ever more in the majority. Oh. A rather ironic poem about death. The next one I'd like to share with you is the first poem I ever read by Roque Dalton in the very early 60s. And uh, it's uh, probably one of his... Uh, most accessible poems and it's uh, probably the one that has uh, that is a signature piece that is more widely known than any others you know the poem you're about to read is so widely known that when i went into a bilingual fourth or fifth grade class in an open school there was that rocky dalton poem mm -hmm. in both languages in the front of the classroom mm -hmm. so please read it for us como tú yo, como tú, amo el amor, la vida, el dulce encanto de las cosas, el paisaje celeste de los días de enero. También mi sangre bulle y río por los ojos que han conocido el brote de las lágrimas. Creo que el mundo es bello, que la poesía es como el pan de todos y que mis venas no terminan en mí sino en la sangre unánime de los que luchan por la vida, el amor, las cosas, el paisaje y el pan, la poesía de todos. Like you. I, like you, love love, life, the sweet enchantment of things, the celestial landscape of January days. My blood also boils, and I laugh through my eyes that have known the flow of tears. I believe that the world is beautiful, that poetry is, like bread, everyone's, and that my veins do not end in me, but in the unanimous blood of all who struggle for life, love, things, the landscape, and bread the poetry of everyone. And uh, oh, I think that poem. is what informed his life. He gave his life for fighting for for the right of everyone to have poetry and bread. He, uh, 
That was what his life was dedicated to. That's what his life was dedicated to, and uh, that was why in that uh, poem I read about how his face got mangled, he said he was had this rifle in Cuba and was running down the hill because he was training to be in the guerrilla in El Salvador. And th- that was also the tragedy that when he joined the particular faction that he joined, it was at that time being headed by a traitor, uh, Joaquin Villalobos, who recently wrote in The Nation and who there have been many letters of protest about his given uh publishing time in the nation Mm -hmm. that he was betrayed and murdered by him and his family today led by his sons are demanding to know where is the body because they want honor and the full story brought to the world of what happened to his father well this is the end of our presentation on Roque Dalton but it's also the beginning Thanks for listening. Thanks to Julia Landau from New York City to come and read. And thanks to poet Rafael Jesus Gonzalez and for his wonderful translations. Have a very nice. Oh, you're welcome. Have a very good afternoon. Oh, one night stand. Single page. Dead End Street, first and only never-to-be-repeated passion. Here, the sum is equal to the total, singularity defeating multiplicity. The single swallow outdistances the flock. A single word brushes aside the entire poem. Here, the tiny drop possesses greater power than the entire rainstorm. Purity and perfection built upon the single rock of the one night stand. Joe Frank, he's all yours. Join him for the stories after dark. Sunday nights on KPFA.